Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Deborah Cooper, the founder of Your Career Design Lab. Deborah has a 30-year history of working in public relations and marketing, was the CEO of two highly successful public relations and marketing firms, has crafted the art of pitching yourself to employers and landing your dream career, and now makes it her mission to lead young professionals on a journey of self-discovery of who they are and how to put their passions into a paycheck. We have so much to talk about here today, Deborah. So let's jump right into this and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you as well. I'm excited to be here with you as well. I can't wait for everybody to hear about your journey because it is so interesting Before we get deep into your professional background, I want you to describe your personal journey thus far in one word. Oh my gosh. What's coming up for me is warrior. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Okay, why? Tell us why. You know, because I think in life, when we accept that things are going to be put in our path, and this is what I do with kids is that you have to sort of be a warrior and be aware of what is put in your path so you can cut through it and keep moving forward. If you're a warrior, you're, you're moving forward. And that's what I feel that I've done in my life, no matter what's thrown at me. And it's very helpful for other people as well to identify as somebody who can move forward in their life, no matter what's put in your path. Oh my gosh. I love that. I haven't heard that one so far. So Ooh, that's a good one. So tell us. <laughs> so thank you for telling me that and everybody else, because that warrior spirit, so yeah. important. And it helps you with that momentum to continue to move forward. So tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up, what inspired you to make the transition from highly successful public relations and marketing CEO of two very successful companies to supporting young professionals today on their journey of self-discovery and how they can curate a journey that supports their dreams, their passions, and converts that into a paycheck. Give us a glimpse of your personal background and what that looked like for you. Oh my God, Summer, do we have, do, is this going to be done in like a Hulu 8 episode, episodic or something? I hope because, so, one day, yes. <laughs> this, this, this could be like, you know, segment one here, but I will do my best to capitalize it. I always tell this story, but it's kind of true of what set me on my path. When I was about 12 years old, we live on the outskirts of LA, like a suburb of LA. And I don't know what it was. It was maybe watching like the Beverly Hillbillies or something, but I got it in my head that there was a better way to live life. So I did like a whole pitch to my parents. Meanwhile, it was like on a poster board, you know, with sprinkles and glitter, not like, you know, a whole XL in those days. But I did a whole thing 
explaining why I thought moving to Beverly Hills might be a better choice for our family at 12 years old. Better schools, better shopping, better whatever. And I just kept pitching it every day to my parents to the point where we started to look at houses there, you know, but of course we couldn't afford it. And then about a year later, we ended up moving there. And in that moment at 12 years old, I realized for myself that I had the power of persuasion. Mm-hmm. It just became this innate passion that the power of that to persuade someone to have a better life, to do better in their life, to whatever became my mantra, if you will. And fast forward to going to um, University of Arizona, because it was like the only school I could get into at a high school, to then going to USC. And again, doing a whole PowerPoint to say, these are all the reasons why I have to come back to LA, because I will join a sorority, I will go to football games, I will be your perennial like college student. So I convinced my parents again to let me come back, went to USC was actually in the drama department with John Hausman, who was wow. at that time like a huge, you remember him, huge, huge actor. Yeah. However, he was casting my classmates in Greece. I forgot the guy's name, but he was in Greece with John Travolta. And then there was another girl, Madeline Smith. She had like a middle name there. And she ended up being the pretty girl in Urban Cowboy. So I think I, I realized early on that mm, maybe I'm just not that talented. You know, if he's casting my classmates in these incredible movies. So fast forward, then I got asked to go to Europe and model. I'll be honest with you. So I went to New York and I modeled for three years and I lived in Paris and Milan. And, and at this time, I have to tell you intuition and many of your listeners can maybe attune to this. There was like a higher power that was leading me down this path in a way. I can't explain it, but I think, oh, I'd like to go to Europe and model with like Roberto Cavalli. He was Mm. a very big designer at the time. The next thing I know, I meet somebody who goes, here's a person who needs a model. And it turned out to be Roberto Cavalli. Wow. So I don't know for a lot of listeners where it's like, oh my God, that was so circumstantial. But I realized there was somebody who was taking this wheel, if you will. Right. And so then I lived in Europe and all of that and I modeled. And then I just realized, you know what? I wanted a little bit more control in my life and wanted to be behind the camera. So I came back from Europe, ended up at NYU in journalism, got my degree and worked for a couple of PR and marketing firms. Actually, I ended up working with Uh, This is another thing. I was working with a designer as a model when I was going to NYU. And he said to me, you'd be great in PR. And I honestly, I didn't even know what PR stood for. I go, what the hell is he talking about? Like, (laughs) okay, whatever. And the next thing I know, a designer said, you know, you'd be really good in PR, introduced me to a woman. And I ended up working with her. But at that time, I had saw a psychic. And the psychic said to me, you're going to be in PR you're going to work for a very famous person and you're going to work on a disease that's going to affect everyone. And I, w- I said, this is the biggest waste of $50 I've ever spent. Like, what is this guy talking about? Fast forward, I meet a designer. He says PR. And I had the Walkman at the time. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. So I'd like re-listen to it. I met this woman, Shen Sam. She goes, oh, we handle ET again. In those days, I never asked questions. I ended up, wor- got the job. I'm sitting there and there's a stack of letters. It's to Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, let me guess. AIDS. One month later, AIDS Project Los Angeles that had just started asked to have Elizabeth Taylor be the co-chair along with um, Betty Ford 
to do the first ever commitment to life AIDS benefit. And I had to go out in the world and tell people about AIDS that it wasn't just going to be a homosexual disease. It was going to be the disease of every man, woman, and child. So we did the first ever commitment to life AIDS benefit. And Elizabeth had asked me to go to UCLA to see Rock Hudson. Mm -hmm. So again, there's no prediction of life. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I went on. Right. Oh yeah. It was like, I was like, how did this happen? So I worked for her for a while. And then another thing happened. I was looking at Time Magazine at the time. And in the back, there's a whole thing about a pop cultural show that was going to have fashion and luxury and music and all this kind of stuff. I like, that's a place I would love to work. So I cut it out and I put it in my file of facts book. And I had an interview with Time Warner. I'm meeting the guy, you know, I'd like to know what this job is about. He goes, well, there's a guy that started a company, uh, a TV thing, and it's about pop culture. I'm, I'm like, is he going there? I literally took it out and showed it to him. He goes, you're hired. Oh so God. that was my second little gig of working with Bob Pittman, the creator of MTV. And we created the Morton Downey Jr. show and the cop show, the first ever of its kind reality show. So now I'm realizing not only do I have the power of persuasion and intuition, but I also have the power to take something from nothing that no one's ever heard about, knew about, whatever, and put that into my own business. And thus, I started Real Life Communications and Marketing, the first of its kind PR firm. And it's funny, all the fashions that I worked with in Paris that, quite frankly, I couldn't afford any of it ended up being my clients because I convinced them that I was the only PR firm in New York that knew their line because I lived in those areas. Mm. How so there's a awesome. thread, you know, throughout my life. And I started to listen to it. And then my firm became hugely successful. Then I moved to Florida. I did more business to business and stuff like that. And then about four years ago, I was kind of done working with I'll be honest with you with like egos because yeah. I get somebody in the New York Times style section. They go, Deborah, why aren't I in time? And I go, oh my God, you were like nothing last week, just like a newsflash. Right. Now your business is selling out and now you're asking why you're not in Time Magazine. So I was, there was a shift happening. Right. And I just at that time had about four friends call me and go, Deborah, you know, j- this one has an internship, but she doesn't like her team. I go, we'll speak to her boss. And she goes, oh, she can't speak to her boss. And I just saw this again, gap in the marketplace mm-hmm. where there was a need to bring the art of storytelling, to find out who you are to young people. Mm-hmm. And thus I started your career design lab to help kids architect, design and curate their careers. Oh my gosh. Bravo. Oh my goodness, you are amazing. So it you know that evolution yeah. is phenomenal. And you had the skill set right from the get-go in relation to convincing your parents to move to Beverly Hills, doing presentations, and it just came naturally. Yeah. And yet you also were conscious and also manifesting what you wanted to see in your life. And so you were active about it though. So a lot of times I'll see people talking about manifestation, but you were actually, as you were talking, you were doing, you were doing that presentation. You were moving to USC. You were going to do a modeling career in Europe. So you were moving towards your goals. So I love that there's that balance there between 
It's just not a thought. It is a process. Mm -hmm. And even though some of it may have been conscious, some of it may have been subconscious, it was blending and working together. And I love how it evolved into that consciousness of, okay, I'm going to do a shift here between getting away from the ego and really start helping people understand and curate their own journey and what that looks like. Because you will know, as you have created your design lab, I'm sure you've learned this, that everybody has their own process. But yet, if you give them the tools to start that process, to begin and then implement some of the nuances of their own life, of their own journey into that story, into that process, that's the beauty of your design lab. So tell us a little bit more about your design lab. I love it. I love the way you kind of summarize that. And you know, in the beginning, when you asked me how to describe myself, yeah. a warrior is correct, but I also love, can I ch- I'm going to add to it, I'm sure. add, is I'm a manifesting warrior. And yeah, so you are, you hit the nail on the head. It really is about manifesting. And, and it's so interesting you say that, right? Because when I first started working with kids, I kind of was going the same way I did with people. I'm going to bring you to the top. Let me just, mm-hmm. you're in my hands. You're in good hands. <laughs> just be quiet. I will take you there. And I think after like the fourth client, I realized like, Deborah, you know what? Maybe you need to just like shut up and really listen. Because you know what? This isn't a one size fits all thing. Everybody has their journey. And in fact, I was learning. There was a guy who was from Brown, but he goes, then I took a gap year to Israel. And then I took another gap year and I did this and I did this and I did this. And I'm like, wow, I didn't people, I didn't think that kids today kind of did what maybe you and I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Took different paths and things like that. Somewhere along the line, in raising my daughter, it was sort of like, you go to school for four years. What college are you going to go to? And I realized from that mistake, if you will, that it was my job to just listen and help others get to where they needed to go in their time. And it's funny, Summer, what I do is I have a thing called the Dada list. Okay. And what I help kids do is because nobody ever asked them, nobody really asked me, who are you? Yeah. It's been this generation of Gen Zs and, and a little bit of millennials. It's what college are you going to? What GPA do you have? What are you going to do in your life? You know, by your sophomore year, what are you going to do in high school now? The whole thing is so messed up that I bring it back to who are you? And then the question, the prompt question is, what were you doing in your room when you were like eight, six, eight years old, when you got lost in your flow, when you got lost in your passion before your mom called you for dinner. Yeah. Because that is where your passion lies. And I can't tell you, Summer, how many times it becomes like a cord, like the light bulb, they get lit up, like, oh my God, I didn't realize when I did music on YouTube and I got 10,000 followers that that could be a career. I got so far away from that. And I bring them back to their essence. Yeah, I absolutely Love this. I love this conversation because it takes me back to when I was in the third grade and I would lay on the grass and I would look up at the sky and I would, it wasn't so much a daydream and it wasn't so much of a disassociation, but I would think about my future. I would think about where I wanted to be. And so that question of when you were eight, 
what were you thinking? What excited you? What lit you up is such a valuable question because it also, and I am not sure if you're aware of this, but it also takes us back to a very clinical aspect of what Adlerian therapy and Adler, Alfred Adler did in psychology. And Alfred Adler was a derivative of Freud. He deviated from Freud because he said, not everything is the the unconscious. Not everything is the psychosexual. Things are from zero to five, zero to eight. That is where we get impacted. We're impressionable. We start developing those dreams. So when you said what you just said, it takes me back to the whole psychology of that makes sense. Of course, we're taking it back to childhood. And guess what happened, Deborah, with you? It started in childhood and you created and curated this life for yourself, whether or not it was conscious at the time, you subconsciously knew in your heart of hearts where you wanted to go, where your life, and yet things come in, things develop, we meet people, but that, that makes it so much more rich. And that is the nonlinear part. You just nailed it. As you were saying that, I'm like, that's, we got to take these kids out of the linear, out of their heads of, oh my God, I'm not following that. I'm not following. It's taking so much space up in their head. So I try to get, I actually use NLP and I'm sure you're familiar with that neuro-linguistic programming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to let go of limiting beliefs and the mm-hmm. blame and shame on the parents and the school. And just like, let's get rid of the limiting beliefs so we could tap into what your purpose is, not even purpose, what your passion is. Yeah, It's kind of the other way around. People are like, I'm working with a girl right now who took architecture at University of Michigan. She right. realized like she didn't even want to do, you know, that. Yeah. And so I want to start with the passion and un- excavate that. Mm. I absolutely love that because seriously, when I talk to let's say lawyers and lots of them Mm -hmm. call themselves recovering attorneys because it wasn't something they really wanted to do. It wasn't something they were really passionate about, but because of that conditioning, because of what we learned in that linear path, because our parents Mm -hmm. taught us that, and that's what they knew. There's no blame here. It's just, they did what they knew. Right. And so we don't know what we don't know. And now we're realizing not everybody has to take that linear path. Let's start digesting that non-linear expression and understanding of process so that maybe we have more artists. Maybe we have more creators. Maybe we have, it's okay. Not everybody has to take that same path. Summer, I love, love, love what you're saying. So funny. I have another client right now. He's been a lawyer for 10 years. He just went into another firm and he's realizing this is not for him. Right. And where he wants to take it. And it's going to be so fun excavating him because he oh. was one of those linear dudes that now at 37, I think he is, is realizing there's another journey for him. And I'm going to help him to get on that path. And I love what you said. It is a conditioning. It is a thing. And, you know, the way you were talking just now, I also want kids to be able to go into these interviews and share themselves. It's yes. what's in their DNA what that's what people want to know today is let's make it a conversation. Nobody gives a, you know, what yeah. about why well, I, I went to this. Whenever I ask somebody, tell me a little bit about yourself. Cause we go through the 40 proverbial questions that every employer asks you or any yeah. business, what your strengths, what your weaknesses, what do you want right. to do five years from now? Invariably when I do the little thing, Oh, tell me about yourself. They go, I just graduated from university of Buffalo. I have a 3.9 GPA. And I'm like, stop. The wall just went up. Nobody gives a, 
And then we find your story. And I can tell you story after story that when they started with their story so that the employer could know who they are at their essence, they got Mm -hmm. the job. Right. Absolutely. Woo. I love this conversation. I know we could go on and on because I vibe with this. This is, this is exactly what I love. I love what you're doing. I absolutely appreciate how you've created your design lab and how you're supporting young folks out there today, because seriously, it is so important that we start thinking differently about how we approach career jobs, curating our own journey and being okay with that. Because a lot of times we think, oh gosh, if we don't go to college, if we don't, and I've worked with so many young folks who I say, it's okay. You don't have to do that. But a lot of parents are stuck up here in their head because that's how they were conditioned. So it really is a lot of times working with the parents to say, hey, listen, that was our approach. That was our conditioning. That's what our parents knew. But there's a different way. And it's okay to accept that other way. But what that looks like and what they fear most is the unknown, right? I don't know about this. I haven't experienced that. I haven't. So now we're reconstructing this, we're reconstructing this thought, we're making this, you know, more nonlinear. And so this is what you're offering. And I absolutely love that. So let's get to the next question, which is, can you give the listeners three tips to finding their dream career? Absolutely. It's so easy to say this. So first and foremost, and because, and I'll segue to what you just said, it is first finding out who you are. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, that is first and foremost, forget everything your parents told you, forget everything really schools are telling you, because you know what, Summer, it goes back to what you said. There's jobs out there eight years from now that no school in history right now is teaching for them. So for me, it's changing that generational thinking, like you just said, mm-hmm. and going back to basics. So number one, find out who you are at your essence. What is in your core? What is your DNA? What what were you doing before your mom called you for dinner? What has brought you joy and happiness in your life? That's number one. Number two is to really craft stories around the questions that everybody asks so that when you go into interviews, you lose the anxiety. And so it, it goes from, tell me a little bit about yourself, like, uh, uh, to like, so glad you asked. Because actually, when I was eight years old and I was building Legos in my thing, you know, my room, I built a tower and I remember it was amazing. And engineering has always been a thing for me. You know what I mean? It's that. And all the questions. Then thirdly, it's, you know, how to change an interview into a conversation. Then it's fourth, finding people, mentors that can open doors for you. This is a different world since COVID has shifted everything. I'm telling you, it's like a, it's like one of a snow globe, right? But if you're still staying there, you can't get all the snowflakes. And I don't know if that's a great analogy, but the point is this world's been shaken up and you got to be part of that shaking. So for me, it's being part of communities. It's being part of, part of tribes. It's making friends with your professors. It's joining clubs. It's reaching out and creating like-minded tribes, So that when it's time to get a job, you call up your tribe member and say, do you know of anything? Kids are helping kids get jobs today. It's, oh, I want to recommend my friend Summer. I went to school with her at university, whatever. That is how jobs are being found today. The Indeeds and Glassdoors, quite frankly, do not cut it. It's Mm -hmm. all who you know, not so much what you know. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's been that way for a long time, except people didn't connect that so much. And 
It is so valuable. The tip that you gave about mentorship, Mm -hmm. mentorship, connection, those stories, right? When I was applying for college years and years ago, remember those applications, you know, those, those books that we had to fill out. Part of that was tell us a story. Tell us about you. They wanted to hear the story. And I remember sitting with the librarian at my high school going, I don't know what story to tell. Like, I don't even know how to put this together. And although I was great at English and writing papers, I said, I just don't know how to tell a story about myself. How do I do this? So I remember it vaguely being about a glass of wine and I didn't even drink wine, but my perception (laughs) of wine and like, (laughs) and all of this, and she read it, she's like, that's pretty good. You know, the correlation of what I was trying to say. And I was like, okay, at least I did it. I was so nervous about that because you don't, unless you really sit and think and and really do that self-reflection, that first question you ask, who are you? is an extremely important question because I think a lot of times we get depart from who we are and we get so separated from our own values, from a lot of different things that we forget to tell our own story. We forget who we are. So that I have to say every question that you've asked, every tip that you've given is spot on. I love what you're doing here. So thank you so much, Deborah. So I know we've covered a lot. We've covered a bit about your personal background, a bit about your professional background and where that has evolved. My last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would those be? I go back to the question, you know, which is, who are you? Who are you? And don't be afraid to find out. That's what I would say, because it's just so important in our world today to know that because what you had said before, it's by knowing who you are, you're realizing your value. And then the value gets brought into a company because the Gen Z's today have the power. They're the buyers in this marketplace. But in that, you got to bring the value. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Deborah, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me and keep doing what you're doing and spreading your value to everyone who listens to this. Thank you, Summer. Thank you so much. You can follow Deborah Cooper on Facebook and IG at Your Career Design Lab, on Twitter at Your Career Lab, on LinkedIn at Deborah Cooper and at yourdesignlab.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.